Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob. I'm Katie. And our ongoing mission is to discuss every episode of The Orville. And today we're discussing Episode 7, Majority Rule, written by Seth MacFarlane and directed by Tucker Gates. We have another review. <gasps> that makes me happy. This username is not a standard one. It is K-P-F-T-W-L-B-K. Love it. Yeah. Can't pronounce it, but love it. <laughs> yes. Starts off by saying, entertaining. I'm rewatching The Orville right now and found this podcast on Reddit. I've now listened to three of four of the available podcast episodes and enjoyed all of them. The trivia and discussions are great, and the hosts have good chemistry. I hope you all can get some actors staff from the show soon. I'll be listening, and I hope your podcast base keeps growing. Great job. That is amazing, and I would love to do all of the things you mentioned in that review. Agreed. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It makes me happy to like get feedback and hear what people are thinking. It does. Yeah. It's fantastic. Great motivation. Keeps us mm -hmm. going. Keeps us going strong. If you would like us to read one of your reviews on an upcoming episode, all you need to do is go to Apple Podcasts, put a five-star rating and write a review down below, and we might read it on an upcoming episode. Do it. Other ways you can get in touch with us are to email us at quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. You can contact us on Twitter at quantumdrivepod, and you can hop into our Discord at thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord and chat with us there. Time for some trivia. Oh, yes, it is. So the first fun fact of the day, uh, the episode aired on creator Seth MacFarlane's 44th birthday, which oh. was October 26, 2017. Cool. Yeah. I, just, I mean, that's just like a little nod to him, but I think that's kind of a neat thing. Happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Ed asks Bordis to look into adding snacks and water for the table. Mm -hmm. But if you look directly behind him, there's pictures of water. Oh, really? Yeah. I And I found this fact before I watched, and then I looked for that, and I was like, yep, there's a bunch of water right behind him. So they just need pretzels now in addition to the water, and they're all set. And they're all set. There was a really cool quote from executive producer Jason Clark, in which he said, It's a society dominated by social media where popular opinion has replaced truth as the basics of the justice system. And I thought that was really interesting because the episode is obviously that. Mm -hmm. But just that it's a commentary on social media. And I know we'll dive into that for sure later in the episode. But I mm -hmm. thought it, his comment just really stuck with me when I read it. This was a fun one that I thought there is the previous episode, Krill, mm -hmm. where Ed and Gordon use the holographic generators to disguise themselves perfectly as the Krill. But for Alara, she had to find ways to cover her nose and find a hat to cover her, yeah. her alien features. But they didn't just use the holographic generator. That is interesting. Yeah. Why not? One theory I saw was that some people think that it's because that was part of a special undercover mission and maybe that technology shouldn't be out okay. and about at this stage. So that was one theory I, I thought of or saw on, on the internet, but I was like, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that she had to like put something on her nose and find a hat to cover her features. Yeah, just making her stand out even more, like always having a Band-Aid over the bridge of her I, nose. It's right? strange looking. Mm -hmm. John appears on a television show called The Chat, mm -hmm. which was inspired by the show The View, mm -hmm. obviously. And uh, one of the stars of The Chat looks uncannily like Ellen DeGeneres. 
I can see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all that that one was. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I noticed when we, we were watching this again is the comments uh, reacting to Isaac's video can be seen on the master feed screen before he even uploads the video. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's just something you have to watch for, but I thought that was an interesting thing because... Yeah, that's probably just a little editing thing. Yeah. This was one of my favorite things that I found about the episode is this shares many similarities with Black Mirror Season 3 episode Nosedive, in which your social rating determines your societal value. So in both, certain establishments will refuse service if you have a low enough rating. And I loved that was one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes. And that's why I think I loved this episode so much is because it's very much like that futuristic society dick like i mean i don't want to spoil nosedive but watch it and you will see some definite like tie-ins interesting to both mm-hmm. have you seen that i have not it's a show i've been meaning to watch for a long time and you don't have to watch it in order which i love about black True. mirror so if you ever were like i want to dive into that nosedive is one of my favorites of black so you're telling me to nosedive into black mirror nosedive right on in and i believe oh my gosh bryce dallas howard i mm-hmm. believe she's in that episode oh okay that's that's just a little fun fact Oh, okay. So this was interesting. John did not actually get downvoted 9,999,996 times earlier in the episode when they bought the badges like illegally through that vendor. He already had 116,941 downvotes. So he wouldn't actually have even gotten nearly that close Mm -hmm. if they had the badges that started at zero. Yep. So... That, that was an interesting, like, continuity thing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, this was interesting. They shot the Sargus 4 at the L.A. Center Studios in downtown L.A., adding some futuristic props as well as display signage to make it look more like a futuristic society. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because it is very much like modern-day Earth, and they just added little touches here and there to make it look more like a future city. Yeah, yeah. And make it a little bit different. And along those lines... Joseph Poro, the costume designer for the show, had this to say about the episode. If you look at the ties and the shirts and jackets, I doubled everything. Double lapels and on the ties, we had a, a lady work for us to tie knots that were not typical. And we did a lot just to make it all a little off. I would buy two suit jackets and rip the lapel off one to make a double lapel on the other just to make it strange. And I think that's interesting because they were huh. trying to set it apart from like our... Like, it's so close to our society, just to those little touches of weirdness to make it an alien society. Yeah, I kind of want to watch again and look for those little details. Like, the only noticeable one to me was the hat that we'll talk about. Yeah. But everything else, some stuff did feel weird. And it's another one of those things that we kind of talk about. When things are done, the the extra details put in, things feel a certain way, but mm-hmm. you don't always consciously know why. Yeah. It did feel like a different world, Mm -hmm. but it felt so close to what we have now that it was easily to relate to. Yep. And I have a lot of thoughts about that when we talk about the episode. Oh, yes. And this week, Rob found the guests from the episode. So I'm going to toss it over to Rob. All right. So there's there's a few different guest stars in this one. Uh, The largest one in this particular episode is Lysella, who is played by Georgia Wiggum. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, for Marvel fans, she played Amy in the second season of The Punisher, who was a major character over that entire story arc. So people might recognize her from there. Another one is Lewis, one of the people who we see on the planet uh, that got corrected. He was played by Lauren Lester, 
who has been on, he's done tons of guest spots on different TV shows, uh, but I know him best from voicing Robin and Nightwing in Batman the Animated Series, which is next to Star Trek as like my favorite show of all time. So did you recognize his voice then when you saw like saw him and heard him on the I show? I recognize not only his voice right away, but I recognize him because I have met him and interviewed him twice. If you didn't know, Rob has interviewed a bunch of famous people. I have. You it's know, fun. no big. Yeah, no, <laughs> no big. <biggie. laughs> no, but he's a super nice guy. Um, and, and I was excited to see him pop up in here. Uh, another one is someone that actually returns for this episode. I don't think we commented on him the first time he came around. That was Admiral Tucker. Oh, yeah. He's played by Ron Kanata. He was first seen in Command Performance, mm-hmm. and he has appeared on Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Yeah, he's awesome. I love his character on this show. Yeah. The admirals are all so good. Yeah. They're some of my favorite characters, and they only like show up every now and then. And lastly, Wilkes is played by Stephen Culp. Fans of Star Trek Enterprise might recognize him as Major Hayes. He appeared as that character in five episodes of that series. I still need to watch Enterprise. I don't know if that's one I'm going to get around to. Oh, really? It doesn't appeal to me at all. Oh. Yeah. I'll watch all the others, but Enterprise just does nothing for me. On the surface, at least. <laughs> I I've, I know people have said to me, like, you haven't watched pretty much anything but the next generation i'm like but there's that is that's a meaty series right there it is and so i have to dive into all the other meaty series that star trek has because it's not just like here's a season or two there's a lot but enterprise is a prequel series and i don't care Mm -hmm. for prequel stuff for the most part and i need to I'll give it a shot. I'll give them all a try before I... I like Voyager a lot. I just need to make time to watch it. <laughs> time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's just slow time down. Speaking of time, it's time to talk about the episode. Oh, snap. Professional segues for the win. <laughs> that, I, I approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> They're only professional when you don't call them out, but I always do, so <laughs> I just ruin all the work I just did. Anyway... <laughs> we begin with a young woman, Lysella, waking up and going through her morning routine. In the background, the TV is playing The Breakfast Show, with two men apologizing for something they did wrong. On the screen are large red and green arrows and a voting tally, similar to Reddit's upvote and downvote feature. Having not heard the argument as she's on the phone with a friend, Lysella comments that one of them has weird eyes and seems kind of shady, so she presses the downvote arrow. That was so upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just talking about like so-and-so is such a bitch and like all these like silly things that I've seen in our society. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, are you watching the morning show? I don't even know what they did. And then just the fact that they had a different look or something she didn't like about them. She downvoted them. And then, you know, it led to them being corrected. Yeah. And it just it's man, I have so many feelings about it, but it just It's a very strong way to start the show because I had such a visceral reaction to it. I was just like, no, that's so awful. But it's such a parallel to the knee-jerk reactions we have to stuff that we see. We all react to headlines without actually reading the article. I think it's Mm -hmm. that kind of idea right there. It's like the sensationalization of everything. Mm -hmm. And then instead of getting all the information, you just make your judgments based on face value. Literally face value. Mm-hmm. Oh man, because of his eyes. Yep. And like, yeah, that it was a strong way to start the episode and set the tone. Yeah. This is also the first episode where the cold open doesn't begin with a member of the crew. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even begin on the Orville. 
I remember watching it for the first time. I'm like, what is what's going on? Because I don't like change. (laughs) So I was like, wait, what what is this? I'm like a new character. And then as the episode progressed, I was like, it makes sense that they set it up that way because it they had to explain what this society is about. Yeah. And there's no other way to describe it besides showing you. Yeah. We cut to the two men in orange jumpsuits. One of them makes a run for it and is shot and killed. The other is strapped to a chair similar to an electric chair while watching a final voting tally. As the down votes hit 10 million, the chair activates and he screams in agony. First of all, the guy running away, how come out of all of the security guards there, no one could like try to maybe chase him? Make sure like they just killed him. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, maybe they stunned them. And then later in the episode, we learned like, no, he's dead. Yeah, I assumed it was like a taser or something Mm -hmm. at the time. And then, yeah, we find out definitely dead. Yeah, I don't understand why there was not more. I mean, it may be at that point. Okay, a few things. He had not been officially downvoted all the way to being corrected yet at that point. So he died by trying to escape, which reasonably I understand why he didn't want to sit in the chair. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's no effort to stop him. They just literally made the choice for him. Yeah, there's no like humane restraint. It's Mm -hmm. just, hey, he's making a run for it. And surely, even if he gets out of this area, there's got to be more building he has to get through. Like, somebody's going to stop him. Yeah, it just opened up a lot of questions about, are they already so devalued at that point that it just doesn't matter? That could very well be it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're already viewed as, like, these pariahs of society that, you know, we'll just shoot him. Like, it doesn't matter. I just thought that was interesting that he was just shot down. That's a good point. The Orville approaches Sargus Four, which the crew comments is similar to 21st century Earth in many ways. Their mission is to locate Union anthropologists Lewis and Tom, who are studying the planet undercover, but stopped communicating a month ago. Mercer meets with the landing team, which consists of Grayson, Alara, Lamar, and Dr. Finn. Like most away missions, Alara is covering up her Salayan features. Ed reminds them to bring money and explains what it's for, because they don't know what money is. Yeah, that was interesting. I guess in the, it's very similar to the next generation where money is not really a currency anymore. And clearly hasn't been for some time if they have to mm-hmm. explain what people used it for at some point. Yeah. And the fact that they're trying to figure out what to wear is the society itself. But they also said this is they don't know a lot about the society. They did have some reports that came back because the whole reason mm-hmm. they come to the planet is because the reports stopped. It was just, well, it stopped because (laughs) the researchers were punished. Yeah. But the thing that was interesting is that they they knew at least about the money Mm -hmm. and that, and that probably all came from the researchers, but it it was interesting that they explained how money worked because they have replicators. Now they have the food synthesizers, all of this stuff that takes care of basic needs. It's like your service to society is what Mm -hmm. is your currency, essentially like respect. Yeah. Which is very similar to the Federation. Yeah. The landing party takes a shuttle and engages Cloak as they approach the planet. Um, Cloak? Where has this been all this time? That's an excellent point. I didn't even think about that. Had they not used the Cloak at all? No, not to this point. Yeah, that would have come in handy in a lot of situations. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe this is new technology that was just implemented before this mission. (laughs) Yeah, that got me really curious. Like, Mm -hmm. if if you're taking it down and landing somewhere, fine. And then you're, like, covering it up and stuff. Cool. If you're introducing a new tech 
that would have been yeah. super useful for a lot of stuff up to this point. We need an explanation. I didn't even realize it. So maybe they were just hoping that most viewers would be like me and just maybe. be like, oh, yeah, totally cloaked. To- yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, like not even realize that there were several like a ton of situations that that could have helped mm-hmm. in. Very curious. Mm. <laughs> yep, just cloaking. And like they're trying to leave a tiny footprint. That's what like the captain mm-hmm. wanted. And so I w- was wondering and my husband was also saying like, how did so it's like near 21st century society. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't a satellite? I'm assuming there's satellites. Pick up the fact that there's a giant UFO just in the atmosphere. Maybe, unless they were also cloaked. <laughs> <laughs> they also use cloaking technology. Okay, that was just like the things that my brain thought about. I could headcanon them jamming satellite signals. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's so future, like it's so far in the future mm. that their tech probably, yeah, like you said, jams the satellites yeah. but cloaking i guess we'll mm-hmm. hopefully see more of that in future episodes. hopefully <laughs> on the planet inhabitants all wear badges with the same red and green arrows brief interactions show them upvoting each other for doing nice things and downvoting for accidental rudeness kelly approaches a newsstand and shows the pictures of lewis and tom to the attendant he points them toward a cafe they would hang out at before asking them where their badges are the attendant ends up selling them preloaded badges so they don't get arrested. So, like, I had such an emotional reaction when the guy bumped in to the other guy with the coffee. And it was just like, it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And the guy downvoted him. And in a society where you have huge consequences for bad things or downvotes, that was so awful. Because it's not like, it, it's not like he was just being rude to be rude. And he apologized. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that, like, it's it's not a good society to live in because if you do something by accident, you could literally destroy your life. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird seeing the little girl get the ice cream from grandma. And it what was like, do? and what do you do now that grandma gave you the ice cream? And, like, it was just this weird, it was a good example. And it, it's very, it's stuck in my head just how crazy that would be to vote. On how much you care about someone by giving them a button push. If you take things from like online behavior and social media and you bring them into real world settings, it Mm -hmm. always comes across strange. Like I heard a bit at one point where someone was comparing Twitter to like the in real life behavior of Twitter. Like, are you sticking your window, your head out the window and screaming your thoughts? Like that's Mm -hmm. what Twitter is. It's literally like shoving your head, not literally, metaphorically, uh, Mm -hmm. shoving your head outside of a window and just screaming your thoughts as loud as you can and hoping that someone reacts to it. Yeah, it's like putting your voice into the void and seeing if anything shouts back. Yeah, it's so weird. Well, honestly, one of the things I was going to say later is the master feed is essentially Twitter. It is. It's like it's like every social media feed all kind of like in one. It's as it's as if. They have one master social network, hence the master mm-hmm. feed, instead of having it splintered throughout all these other ones. And I've always felt, and I've said this like on my stream and just in real life, like social media is so bad for our health and so bad for our ment- like our mental health. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy that maybe for our necks, so our actual health too, and like sitting all the time looking at our phones, but just there's a lot about a society that's based on that mm. and like how healthy is it really? 
Another thought I had on this, just from a story perspective, is I'm curious how long the anthropologists were there mm -hmm. before they stopped communicating back. Because clearly we have we have enough info to understand the way they dress, uh, their basic time period compared to Earth, the fact that they use money, what the money is. We have all this info, yet they never sent back the info on the biggest difference of this planet, which is their bonkers justice system and the fact that everyone has these badges. Where was that in the reports? And that would have been a very huge portion of what's going like you don't miss that once you get there mm -hmm. the guy selling illegal sketchy badges is like where's your badges it reminds me of idiocracy where it's like where's your barcode mm -hmm. kind of thing it's like that whole society is based on this is their government this is their justice system this is essentially how they run society yet yeah, why was that not in a report yeah. that's a good point how do you avoid that for how long you were there because they, they had to be aware of it. if They just omitted that part and be like, ah, they'll find out when they get here. Yeah. Maybe they were like, like writing a long thesis on it and sending it over. But that would have been kind of important to even just kind of skim over. Granted, you can't do the whole episode without yeah. that. But <laughs> maybe they were just awful researchers. Maybe. And they just, <laughs> they're just really bad like, at we, their job. There's Kelvic hats. Those are the important things. Mm -hmm. But no, they're just really into fashion. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a great point. Lamar continues a prior conversation about Alara recently dumping someone. She comments that one reason she didn't like the guy is because he danced too grindy. So John jumps up on a nearby statue and demonstrates on it how the dancing may have looked while several onlookers record it with their phones. Kelly rightfully insists that he stop. Also, why do they keep talking about Alara's dating life? It's like brought up every episode about how insecure men are around her. It's at least three different episodes at this point, which is pretty close to half. Mm hmm. And I just thought it was interesting. Like, it makes sense because it gave John the ability to grind on the statue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I just I just thought it was interesting that they keep bringing up that Alara's got too many insecure men in her life to date her. I just feel like in the future, there's got to be at least a few men on board that are not intimidated by her strength that she can willingly use. It's not like she's always throwing doors off the handles mm -hmm. or folding knives in half. It could also be her excuse, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's just not good with men. Has anyone thought about that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I also, when, not exactly when John hopped up and started grinding on it, did I think of this, but uh, just in a similar way to a TNG episode, it reminded me of the one called Justice, mm -hmm. where Wesley walks into the garden and like goes on the grass in the day that they're not supposed to be there and is like sentenced to death as a result of walking on the grass. It was that kind of idea where like they go yeah. to a planet where they don't understand the justice system and mm -hmm. feel the negative consequences of ignorance, basically. Yeah, it really is. It, and that's a I forgot about that episode, but that is it's very similar to what this is about. And just it's a different feeling because like we haven't had much with John in it, really. Mm -hmm. And I kind of enjoyed having his character a little bit more front and center and that the stakes were high. Yeah. I just felt like this episode, I love Black Mirror and I feel like this episode is as close as we've gotten to something like that. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the commentary on social media and just the entirety of explaining that. Yeah. And ha I mean, it was kind of nice because you said you don't like when they don't have stuff on the ship right mm -hmm. 
did you like that this was on a different planet without giving too much away on my opinion uh this is my favorite episode of the first season oh okay we'll save it we'll save more for later okay (laughs) (laughs) lysella is working as a barista inside the cafe when a woman attempts to order some tea she's turned away for having too many downvotes. the crew enters to ask about lewis and tom and lysella says that they were corrected how awful was it when she turned away that lady Mm mm-hmm I was so sad for her because she's like, this is when I was in my 20s. It was just prejudice. Like, nobody can be served with any downvotes above 500,000. Which, yeah, that's a lot of downvotes, but, like, that's prejudice. It also means that the instinct of the people on this planet is upon meeting somebody, they glance at their badge and have a judgment right away. Yeah, judgment. Yeah. Like, judging a book by its cover and just the... Oh, that really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And just how she was so like, you got to get out of here. You need to like how aggressive she was about you need to leave before I call the cops. Like that really bothered me. This particular interaction is going to play heavily into my takeaways later on. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to say about it. (laughs) I have some things that came up later that tied back to this, too. I just thought it was a very interesting first initial interaction Mm -hmm. to see her. And her name's LaCella, right? Mm -hmm. And I just felt like she just very, oh, man, it just bothered me how she just kind of yelled at this lady. And she's like trying to plead her case and just yelling at her to get out because she she essentially had. I'm not really sure where I'm going with this. I just it bothered me. (laughs) It's awful behavior. It's awful, (laughs) deplorable behavior. And yet it's the standard for this planet. Mm -hmm. That's just the way they treat each other. Yeah. Like it was okay that she did that. Ah, that's all. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly. The downvotes on John's badge rapidly start increasing. They turn around to see the video of Lamar dancing on the statue playing on the TVs. As he goes over 500,000 downvotes, Lysala kicks him out. Also, was it weird that she just kind of hit his badge? I know she kind of addressed it like, was that too forward? But like, it was so awkward. Badges are a part of their normal social interaction. So upon meeting someone that she was physically attracted to, upvoted him as like instinct like they probably have that reach and push as an almost unconscious behavior at Mm -hmm. this point it's like blurting something out without thinking they probably do that and they're like oh maybe that was a little too forward it just so creepy yeah it is really creepy and like the other three were just standing there Mm -hmm. and she's just like (laughs) and she like pokes his badge and i was like it was cringy but like you said it's like their society is probably not that weird yeah it's totally normal for them (sighs) for them that's just a forward person that's it Mm -hmm. but she was working Mm -hmm. she was working her job people flirt while they're working (laughs) same thing i know it just that's their flirting (laughs) i know it's weird it's weird i know it was weird weird. As they leave the cafe, they're surrounded by people who recognize John. They proceed to pull out their phones and record him while berating him at the same time. Grayson contacts Mercer to inform him of the situation, and they attempt to head back to the shuttle before being stopped by police who arrest Lamar. One of the things I will say just really quick going back to the cafe Mm -hmm. was I loved the Alara as a coke addict joke. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's all. I just thought that was real. That one actually made me laugh quite a bit. (laughs) I will say they, they left the cafe and it was just mobbed they were just mobbed it was in the guy who ran over and just was like hit his download button it's like how is that okay behavior that's the way we treat people on twitter 
It is. When the mob mentality doesn't agree with something that somebody says. And they're just showing what it looks like in real life as an illustration of why it's such bad behavior. It's scary to see it like that because it is. It's essentially Twitter in real life or a social media platform and just the mob mentality. But it puts such a spin on it. It makes you really think about how scary social media really Mm -hmm. is. And I bet you that there were people who weren't looking at the feed at that moment because this all happened so fast. Mm -hmm. And as soon as this mob gathers, there were probably people that were like, oh, what's that? And just added more because they want to know what was going on. And again, that's the way we behave online. So even if something's none of their business, they go out of their way when they see everyone flocking in a certain direction and they make it their business, even if they don't know what's going on. I think this should be a requirement episode everybody should watch (laughs) before they log into any social media. Agreed. Back on the Orville, Mercer is on a call with Admiral Tucker and asks for permission to extract the away team. He suggests revealing themselves and explaining the situation, but Tucker counters that it could make things worse and denies the extraction request. What do you think? Do you think they should have just extracted? Well, the the tough part about extracting at this point is that they're in custody. If they had taken care of it all prior, then mm-hmm. there would have been no issue whatsoever. But it's it's hard to say yes or no necessarily. I don't think telling the, the truth is a good idea. As to what they're doing. But it's interesting that we were just talking about the fact that they hadn't really brought up any kind of prime directive. And now this is kind of the first example of some sort Mm -hmm. of I don't I don't want to call it a prime directive necessarily, but some sort of rules about not interfering with a culture at a certain point, you know? Yeah, I because at this point, there's no um, beam me up, Scotty, Mm -hmm. I've noticed on the show. So it's not like they could just beam them out of there and be like where'd they go they have to get back to the shuttle and take the shuttle back and all of that in a way i was like the easiest thing would be to extract them but then there's a whole world that then is opened up to them and it kind of throws back to oh gosh the episode uh, if the star should align mm-hmm. so it should appear how that society was just awakened to an, a whole new universe not even just a world it would be something similar but on this planet that was not, I don't know, that 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 planet or that bio ship was primitive, even more primitive, it feels than like, this, than this sure. place yeah. is. So it was just an interesting thing that I was thinking about, like, what would extraction mean? And, you know, they sent researchers. So they're still like, they have a presence there and they're being like, they're lying. They are. They are. So to this planet, if they could have gotten John out nonviolently, then sure, mm-hmm. go for it. Like if you can negotiate his release without telling them what's going on because they're anthropologists with their undercover. Yeah. Ugh, I just love that John kept yelling, I'm a spaceman <laughs> yeah. because I was like, you know, it he is. But it makes him seem like and what I thought was interesting is from like a psychological perspective. Why didn't they go? Oh, this man's mentally ill. We shouldn't lobotomize. Oh, him. Right. Right. So there was just that's a whole other can of worms. But I just. I don't know. It just made me think about like the other situations they've been in and what decisions they've made, Mm -hmm. like in if the star should appear versus this episode. Yeah, I guess the the biggest reason that I wasn't like, hey, just get him out of there is that this is his mistake. He was behaving inappropriately. Kelly was mortified Mm -hmm. by what he was doing. She did try to stop it. Like they were told, like, you're you're going low profile here. Call no attention to yourselves. And he's dancing on a statue. Like, even if it's not inappropriate, he's calling attention to himself. 
that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was a dumb move talking about Alara's personal life. Mm-hmm. Probably could have not done that and it would have been fine. Like they would have probably still had issues, I think, but not to this magnitude. Mm-hmm. Back on the planet, John meets with Wilkes, his publicity officer, who explains his job is to guide him on his apology tour. <sighs> on further explanation, we learn that the video of John was uploaded to the master feed and he was arrested for surpassing one million downvotes. The appearances he must now make on several TV appearances will allow the public to judge him. If he reaches 10 million downvotes by the end of the tour, he'll undergo a neurological treatment called social correction. Oh, man. The apology tour. I. That is a direct commentary right there. I, yeah, it really is. And it's something where it's trial by talk shows. Which is a whole other problem that I'm sure we'll get into oh. right away. It, it was, it's, ugh, it, it just feels like such a counterproductive way to have growth mm-hmm. and make some sort of impact in the world because you're trying to defend yourself. And if we're jumping forward to like the, the chat when he's on the chat for the first time, mm-hmm. those hosts were not trying to help him. They were making. Oh, yeah. Let's go to that right now, then. Yeah. So Wilkes and Grayson accompany Lamar to his first appearance on a show called The Chat, which doesn't go well for him at all because. Oh, he didn't know the. Well, do you remember the name of the lady statue? I could not. I do not remember now. They're, they all have strange names. That's I thought John was a weird mm-hmm. name. Well, like they so he's dancing on the statue and they're like, what do you, what did she even do for our country mm-hmm. or society or whatever? And said, save the whale forests, mm-hmm. which <laughs> yeah, I, he, was, he was not prepared for the interviews correctly. But also the three hosts were just ganging up on him saying, does he, he doesn't even seem like he's sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, you know, just the, the way that they approached it. He had he didn't stand a chance. No. So the entire show is skewed towards the negative. Like mm-hmm. they show the video, which that's that's the fair part. Like, let's see what yeah. you did. Then they highlight only the negative comments from the master feed. They don't mm-hmm. point out anything positive. One of the hosts downvotes him right away. No, to get Ugh. the approval of the audience. Mm-hmm. Like they're putting on a dog and pony show. And it's at at the end of the segment. It's like, and now it's your turn to vote. Like some really scary reality yeah. show and she downvotes him before he even makes his case if she did it after yep. that's one thing still not fair necessarily but at least she heard him out she does it before mm-hmm. he says a word and he does say like it was a lapse in judgment mm-hmm. he said something where it was like it was an appropriate apology for what he did he didn't realize xyz but it was just automatically like you know he's guilty downvote him mm-hmm. And he got like 4 million downvotes just from that episode. Yeah, Yeah, it's it. Oh, so this system is obviously messed up beyond repair. Mm -hmm. But if they were to do anything to improve it and still keep their weird upvote downvote system, there should be no hosts on this show. He should walk out, be there by himself, state his case, and then that's it. That's at least impartial. Yeah. And it would provide... You know, a view of the person. He can say what he wants. You can make your judgments based on what he says. The the hosts just seem to be there to egg things on. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a reality show. It's not about... It's a popularity contest. And, like, later on, the publicity guy is like, Hey, do you have any talents? Can you sing oh, or dance? Oh, God. And, yeah, and it's just like... That's not giving... <laughs> 
oh, and like the researchers in the beginning, if you remember, they're saying like, we're sorry, we didn't mean to to do this. Mm -hmm. It was an accident and like all these things. And it's just like, that doesn't matter. They've already done something that this society views is wrong. And so they're already guilty. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't think they, I don't think an apology tour really helps. No, no. It just, it just gets you more down votes, really. Mm -hmm. Finn and Alara return to the cafe to ask Lysella about Lewis and Tom again. A man interrupts them and demands that Alara remove her hat as her wearing it is an insult to his Kelvic culture. To avoid another incident, they apologize and retreat to the restroom. Finn rips off a portion of her clothing to create a head wrap for Alara when Lysella comes in and sees her alien features. How did the guy know that she wasn't Kelvic? I had that question, too. Because I was like, maybe she, you know, adopted the religion or whatever it is at some point in time. Yeah. Or... Maybe it's, yeah, I thought it was interesting because I, I was like, how did he know that she wasn't Kelvic? And even if that's the case, I think this guy just kind of represents those people who get offended by everything. Yeah. And we're just it's like. It's probably an allegory to yeah. like, yeah, you're wearing the same hat. You can't wear the same hat. Like that kind of thing. What I will say is they're in the bathroom trying to fix this. And she, Lacella walks in. Um, She yelled and was super judgy about someone getting 500,000 down votes and wanting tea, but she's super receptive to aliens. Yeah, I think they're completely unrelated. She's like, she, okay, LaSalle comes across as being a very uninformed, <laughs> judgmental, yep. um, prejudiced person. So someone who looks different in my head, like Alara would be, I'm going to the cops right away. Like, that's how I thought she would have reacted. Maybe, but her her judgment is based on the upvote downvote system. It's not necessarily based on somebody's appearance. Like, she upvoted John based on his appearance. But then as soon mm -hmm. as his downvotes went way down, her opinion completely changed. She even says, like, why would you bother being friends with that guy after all these downvotes he got? Mm-hmm. So like there I, I, th I think that's where her judgment comes from, not necessarily the way somebody looks or behaves. It's purely based on that badge. I just felt like she came across to me that she was just a very like you said, she's she's judgy about the down votes, mm -hmm. but her personality, I feel like that would tie in also to something that's different. Like why didn't she just whip out her phone and take a picture of it and upload it to the master? She's in shock. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I think that Alara and Finn handled it well. Yeah. And just kind of like, let's go get a drink. But I just thought it was interesting. I was like, I don't I don't understand why she's not freaking out. It's another like it's another one of those if the stars should appear mm -hmm. kind of things. Like she should be losing her mind right now. Well, who's to say like they don't have media that portrays aliens in a certain way? Like we have all these movies about aliens and stuff and some of us are more receptive to it than others. Someone would be excited to see aliens, even mm -hmm. though we'd be shocked. Like maybe she's someone who enjoys those kind of movies and then like sci-fi stuff. <laughs> what if like it was just cosplay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just got some special effects makeup on. It's possible. Mm. They take Lysella for a drink and explain everything to her. She tells them what happened to Lewis and Tom. They were sitting on a sub train and didn't see a pregnant woman standing near them. Someone took a photo and uploaded it to the master feed, resulting in their arrest and correction. So for something they were not even aware of, they were lobotomized and killed. There were other people on. That's another thing, you too. Know, yeah, that could have given their seat up. Granted, they could have all been 
Mm-hmm. That is true. They could have all been on trial. Right. We quote just unquote. saw the ones that were relevant to the story for us, but because there was an elderly woman, if you noticed, yeah. in the chair across the aisle. But still, it was mm. he. I mean, Lewis. I don't remember. Do you remember the name of the other guy? Tom. Tom. Lewis and Tom both were on trial for sitting in a chair because a pregnant woman couldn't get a seat, mm-hmm. and someone took a picture of it. Yep. And they were so busy they didn't notice she was there. But that's the kind of stuff like on social media that people get mad about yep. without context. I mean, granted, it is a pregnant lady. She should be sitting down. But, you know, if you're unaware of it and you're making an accidental choice. Yeah. Like if someone goes over to you and says or if she taps and says, hey, can I take a seat? Yeah. They probably would have just been like, oh, my God, I, I didn't see you. Absolutely. <sighs> but like they, they and it's also a snapshot in time. Mm hmm. Like, what's to say if five minutes later they didn't give that seat up? It's also creating, because, like you said, there's no context. If somebody puts some sort of a caption on a photo that's not even Mm -hmm. an actual criminal act, they could write their own narrative for that snapshot. And then all of a sudden the feed attacks. It reminds me, this is a very, like, not parallel example, but there was this show. I used to watch The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. and there was... I think it was the second season where they showed the brain being activated when you start turning into like a zombie. Okay. And on Reddit, it started going around like, this is what happens to your brain when someone tells you that they love you. And then someone underneath it was like, this is a a gif from the walking dead season two. (laughs) And I was like, so many things can get around and you don't know what's true and what's not. And in the next part of that, that gif that's when they shoot the zombie in the brain and kill whoever was the host but it was just interesting to me because you can take anything and say whatever you want about it and make it whatever you want and it'll get a life of its own and that happens more than anyone realizes Mm -hmm. just things taken out of context and thrown up there with whatever they find lewis in his home who is acting oddly docile dr finn takes him back to the orville for examination it's determined that she can't correct what they've done to him I was honestly surprised he could still talk. Yeah. Well, after that brain fry. Yeah. He's, they said they kind of equated it to a lobotomy. So he would still be mm-hmm. functional, but not really there. It just, it was creepy. Like it made me sad and it felt really creepy. Yeah. And just kind of like in the fact that Finn, even with all these advances, couldn't fix it. Like this is who he is now. And think of all of the people who have had that done over time. Yeah. Over time. And he's just sitting on his bed. And was the door just open? I think so. Oh. And it sets the stakes, really, for now, what John is facing. Mm-hmm. While getting ready for his next appearance, Wilkes asks John if he has any talents. When Kelly asks why that's important, he says that people tend to be more forgiving of a crime if the perpetrator has talent. Wow. Talk about yeah. major commentary. About, like, the way that we forgive celebrities for heinous acts. True. And I I mean, calling back to the bridge when it bored us, Gordon and Ed are all watching. And then he's like, it's like trial by American Idol. Mm-hmm. And that is so scary. You know, just because you can sing or dance or do whatever doesn't mean that you're a good person in society. Yeah. yeah. And shouldn't... I mean, I have, more, <laughs> I have more commentary when we get to the end of the episode. But just... You, ugh, ugh, ugh. it just it's so bad it is it's awful because it's not okay that's just like plain and simple 
without i'm thinking of celebrity examples and without bringing up any of those and you i'm sure everybody could imagine at least one or two just how it has no effect on careers shocking you are powerful or powerful enough or cool enough to get away with it john goes on to the set of this show which appears similar to a late night talk show and it goes just as poorly he's now over Mm -hmm. nine million downvotes a number that wilk says he's never seen anyone come back from Desperate to save John, he orders that they bring Lysella aboard. How was Lysella not freaking out? Oh, I'm sure she heading was. Heading to the ship. I mean, she was I, staring at it in awe. I don't know. I guess I just think of like my reaction and I'd be like, I just broke through the atmosphere in this tiny shuttle with an alien. And there's this giant ship in my atmosphere and just like in awe. But I'd be like in a huddled like in the back of the shuttle just <laughs> peeking around the chair i just i mean i guess everybody's different yeah. but i thought it was interesting because she was like look at how big the ship is and alara was like a super smug you should see the battle cruisers kind of <laughs> yeah. thing and well, they don't often get to brag about stuff in the no, fleet to people she just seemed awful okay like head into the ship yeah like do you know it's like that you're alone you have no contact with people or family back on Earth. <laughs> you are going aboard a ship with people in outer space. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just overthinking it. But see, I feel like I'd have similar behavior to Lysella, so I didn't really question it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is amazing, and I'd be like, am I ever going home? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> in the conference room, they discuss Sargus IV's justice system with her, comparing it to their own. They vote not only for justice, but over which foods are safe, which medications should be taken. Absolutely everything. Oh, my gosh. So scary. So if you're like, antibiotics are good, we should upvote antibiotics. Let's see what everyone thinks. Based on what? I don't know. <laughs> and like, who, who said it? I think it was Isaac or I, maybe it was someone on the, uh, in that meeting said like, you're making maybe it was Isaac. You're making decisions based on popular opinion and not knowledge. Yeah, that was Isaac. Yep, I think you're confusing opinion with fact. Yeah, and it, it's 100 percent true. Like just because you have opinions on things doesn't make you right. Doesn't make you the authority in it. And especially when it comes to things like health choices and things that can affect not only just your every. I mean, it affects your your well being. Mm-hmm. I just. But it's the way that she talked about what her dad taught her, too. It's very clear that this is just the way it is. The two lines that stood out to me here is when Lysela says everyone deserves a voice. Mm -hmm. And Bordis responds with a voice should be earned, not given away. I love that line. Bordis is, I I mean, now that we've been rewatching season one, I'm like 100% sure Bordis is my favorite. Yeah. I love Bordis. And I just think it's true. Like, I do agree with that. I feel like you... But the thing is, even in our society, a lot of people's voices are not earned. And it's usually about who's the loudest in the room. And that drives me nuts about just life and social media, celebrities, even down to like your work and your friend group and all that. It's just like whoever speaks the loudest usually gets their way. And I just don't think that that's the right thing. Even those awful podcasters. (laughs) Oh, they're so loud. (laughs) Lamar is taken to the chair for final judgment. Meanwhile, Isaac is hacked into the master feed and they begin taking suggestions from Lysella to influence the public in his favor. They start inputting fabrications like John supporting his grandmother and being an overweight child. (laughs) I like how these are the things that will sway opinions. And also 
when Dr. Finn is like, well, what if they try to corroborate this information? And she, Lysel's like, eh, it won't happen. Yeah, don't worry, and they won't. And I was like, won't. oh my god! That is so true of, like, just society in general nowadays. You see, like you said, you read a headline, you feel like, I'm informed on this. And you're just not. You had to read the fine print. Yep. And a lot of people don't read that. And it's just interesting that, I don't know, this last sequence of events really hit home. How scary social media is and how I never want a society run by social media. And how easy it is to sway the public in a particular Mm -hmm. way, knowing the things that will either tug at their heartstrings or have them show extra sympathy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As the final vote begins, they add in one more thing, a video of John as a veteran returning home to his dog. The result is Lamar narrowly missing the 10 million downvote mark and being freed. As Lysella is about to leave, Dr. Finn mentions that all she needs to remember is that her world can do better. I liked how they ended this episode I'm not sure how Lysol just went back to being normal. Like, life is normal nowadays. But I do appreciate that final scene when she just, instead of upvoting or downvoting, she just turned off the TV. Yeah, the next morning, Lysella is once again going through her morning routine and sees a new person being judged on The Breakfast Show. She goes to cast a downvote, but hesitates and decides to turn the TV off instead. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really powerful thing because it's, Your immediate thought was like, she's going to upvote them, you know, because it's different. But she turns it off. Yeah, just completely not participating in the chaos. Mm -hmm. It also made me feel like, oh, there's going to be a change. This could be the start of the change. But how hard of a struggle that would be to change that whole society. Mm -hmm. And you saw like when I was watching, you could see how little upvotes anybody was getting. And so it's just. Maybe the right change. I thought it was a very powerful thing to show that, though. Totally. What is your big takeaway from this episode? Trial by misinformed peers is horrifying. Oh, absolutely. And I I mean, in their heads, this is not out of control, but this is a society built on dangerous, out-of-control social media. With no self-awareness. And it I know I keep bringing up Black Mirror, but if you ever get a chance, you should watch the Nosedive episode because I think you would enjoy it. Oh, I will. If you liked this episode, you'll like that one. It just shows how delicate our society can be if we rely too heavily on something, especially something where anybody can say whatever they want and whoever screams the loudest gets their opinion heard the most. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really good lesson to watch this And kind of see social media personified and how horrifying the mob mentality is. It just made me think about, I already have a very complicated relationship with social media. Same. (laughs) And I love it and I also hate it very much. And so I think it can be used in a good way. But I also feel like this episode is a great example of how social media can harm people. And it's a big problem in our society. So I don't know. This is is me having my opinion. (laughs) about social media but i think that this episode's a warning to show how scary that if you really think about it what we're doing with our time and energy yeah and the direction that we're going in mm-hmm. be kind to other people on the other side of your keyboard real. that's all you need to do so I, I think that's my big takeaway is just that it's a glaring commentary on social media in our society give people the benefit of the doubt even Mm-hmm. like inform yourself and 
make your opinions based on all of the information, not just what Susan said yeah. or what the title of an article said. So I, I don't know. I do. Everybody who signs up for a Twitter account should have to watch this episode first. <laughs> and the Black Mirror <laughs> episode, right? Mm-hmm. Both of those. And then they can finally, you know, go out. And I wonder, I do wonder if that would make a difference in how people interact. But there's always going to be trolls. There's mm-hmm. always going to be people who are like, I'm going to sneak in there with my two cents. And some people will watch this and just won't get the message. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? Like, what I, I know you have thoughts on this. Yeah. So like I said earlier, this is possibly my favorite episode. I'm still rewatching, so I might have forgotten some stuff. And even if it's not my favorite of the first season, it's definitely the most memorable. Mm-hmm. So like when we decided to do this show, I was like excited for this episode because this is the one that I remember more than any of the others, at least just the premise. And I was like, that was super cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, we did kind of compare to a prior Star Trek episode, even though this one is very different just because it's addressing our current society as opposed to something a little more detached. So Star Trek couldn't have addressed this because this didn't exist yet, basically. Yeah. Uh, We do live in a world where mob mentality rules, for sure, through social media, at least. A lot of people make very arbitrary judgments based on things like lack of context, like we said, or following the masses, not even doing any research, simply, hey, those people are going that way and doing that thing. I'm going to do that, too, because that's what everyone else is doing. And I don't have the time or energy to do the research. Yeah. Some people will hop on the bandwagon simply for attention and engagement on their posts. Like they don't even have an opinion. They just want to enter the conversation because they know it will get them attention. So they just blurt out whatever. We see that all the time. Yeah. In the industry we're in. <laughs> it mm-hmm. happens. No, it it's it's a problem. Like it's it's something too or if you I know some people just say stuff because they know it's it's salacious mm-hmm. or it's just edgy enough that it'll get them what they want yep but maybe they don't actually believe that sometimes it's just about attention which is also scary Mm -hmm. social media also punishes people to an exaggerated level for simple mistakes or ignorance so like what lamar did was dumb it was a stupid thing but it was a dumb mistake that didn't actually hurt anybody it might have offended people Mm -hmm. it didn't actually hurt anyone yeah and the result of that is becoming a vegetable possibly that's insane (laughs) and like that's what i was saying earlier is like accidents happen yeah you have no forgiveness for that yeah i mean it did happen to lewis for something even less of an infringement that was simply Mm -hmm. just not being aware of his surroundings that's what he got punished for that's crazy Mm -hmm. but the way it snowballed into a near lobotomy illustrates the way that the internet just kind of blows up about things and unfairly persecutes people for very similar mistakes. Yeah. And it is like, I mean, I see it on Twitter all the time mm-hmm. and I've noticed lately and I've talked to some of my friends about it. It's just like, it's exhausting to even read my feed sometimes. Cause it's just people getting mad about stuff that doesn't matter. And every time I get like, so I'm on Twitch, every time I get an email about a new feature on Twitch, I'm like, damn it. My feed's going to be full of a bunch of angry people tomorrow. And Lo and behold, it's true. But now I'm just trying to like limit my time on it. I had another friend say, I read up to five negative posts. And if I get to five, I close the app. That's not a bad idea. I know. I was like, I'm going to start doing that because it's a it's a lot for our brains to process and to be taking on other people's emotional reactions to things 
even if we don't feel that way or if we agree. I just don't think it's healthy to bombard ourselves with this. But it's the way our society's leaning. And if you want to be a part of the cool crowd, you have to utilize these things. So so I said I would bring up that woman in the cafe again during this mm-hmm. part. Yeah. And one of the thoughts I had with her is she said that she was over 500,000 downvotes. Most of that happened when she was younger. I wonder, is there a way that downvotes get taken away? Like, does an upvote cancel out one of the downvotes or are they just cumulative on this planet? Meaning that even Mm -hmm. if John got off, like he can be arrested for having over a million. So he's always over in a million. Is he getting arrested? That's a good point. Since maybe that lady was still under a million, maybe it doesn't reset, but maybe if there's a huge infraction, it resets Maybe to what it was at the time of the infraction. Mm -hmm. But the thing that that really made me think of is that would be a society then that nobody is ever allowed to grow. Mm -hmm. Because even if they do, it doesn't matter. And it made me think of one very specific uh, situation that happened fairly recently. I don't know if you're familiar with the whole James Gunn and Disney thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for people who don't know, uh, James Gunn's a director in Hollywood. He does the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He was set to work on Guardians 3. And then people brought up tweets from like over a decade ago where he had said some inappropriate things. And Disney fired him from Guardians 3 as a result. Gunn has over the years said that I am a completely different person than I was then. I didn't delete those tweets because that's who I was. And leaving them there shows how I've grown as a person over time. So if that history is there in that like social media feed and then Disney fires him, that's like saying it doesn't matter who you are now. It matters who you were and nothing will ever change that. It doesn't matter how much you grow. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's the way this this society behaves. Yeah, because she that lady said, I just want some tea. These are mostly from my 20s. Mm-hmm. And she was probably in her 50s, 40s, 50s. So she's had 20 years of fighting the system, essentially. And it makes me wonder about job opportunities where she can go to eat food and shop. She's and, probably treated like a felon. Yeah. And so it's. Like you said, there's no growth opportunity. There's no chance for forgiveness. There's no chance for seeing how a person has evolved over Mm -hmm. the years. It's just, this was you at one point. This is you forever. And that's scary. And that's not healthy. I mean, the the happy ending to the James Gunn thing is that they did eventually reinstate him. But that was after all the people with a lot of weight were like, hey, you need to know who he is now. And we might not even do this movie if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it finally forced them to reconsider. But that's insane that someone can be penalized for mistakes over a decade ago that were just offending people with something online. Like, again, he didn't there was no violent act he committed against somebody. He didn't actually harm another person. He just said stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of how our society has started to lean. We as a society get upset about so many things so quickly. Yep. And it's like without corroborating any of the information, without taking a step back and letting it sink in, it's such knee-jerk reactions to things. And as I've been getting older, I've been trying to learn from how our society has changed from even when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and how kids are attached to their phones nowadays and 
not to be like the when I was a kid <laughs> kind of thing, but I had I was in the era of MySpace and then Facebook started when I was in college and I've seen how we've become more and more more reliant on this kind of mentality and it's getting worse it's not getting better very true and it's all consuming and i just hope that everybody can be nice to one another because we're all too mean to one another yeah i find that more so than not i take the choice of turning the tv off i see something that sometimes ticks me off on social media i'm like i have a thought about that and i'm like you know what that's not where i want to put my energy like Mm -hmm. if i let that go nothing's gonna happen if i comment on that guess what nothing's gonna happen mm-hmm. and i find my social media experience and life in general is a lot more enjoyable when i'm not fighting with someone else online i don't know online arguments are pointless they really are they're not worth anybody's time and there's there's always going to be somebody out there who's trying to pick a fight mm-hmm. and i've heard there, there there's one saying i've seen like don't argue with a pig because you'll find out they just like rolling around in the mud. It's I totally butchered it, but it's something along those lines. And you just kind of like, nobody needs to just kind of take a deep breath. And I feel like, is this, is our opinions like controversial to throw? Cause we're, we have opinions yeah. too. So we're putting our opinions out into the world. But I guess the message is for me, at least is just be nice to each other, please. <laughs> I think that's a good message to put out there. <laughs> yeah. Lastly, they did kind of wrap things up very quickly in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that Lysella would have learned the lesson she did in the way that they said she did, because that's kind of challenging everything she's ever known, and she kind of makes the choice really quick. But they did at least not have her do the upvote. Like, it's not about changing the way that she votes. It's about changing or at least questioning the system and sometimes choosing not to take part in the chaos that it is. So I do like that. She didn't necessarily see that her justice system is wrong. Mm -hmm. She just got a little seed planted to maybe think about it a little bit more. And sometimes that's really all you need. Yeah. She might've been young enough to be more absorbent of that information. Like the alien people told me Mm -hmm. this and that would make an impact on your life, but it's also going against what, your dad taught you growing up what you see every day, but it might have been enough to plant a seed that will allow her to think for herself, which I think is cool. So before we wrap things up, as we always do, Katie's husband, Mark, is another fan of the Orville, and we always ask him to leave us with his one sentence review. Next time someone tries to get me down, I'll shout, I'm a spaceman! Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on The Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks... You can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at the Rob Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at KatiePetersPlays and Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.